Thank you for listening to Crossroads Community Church. At Crossroads, our mission is to be the church by exalting the glory of God, sharing and showing the love of Christ, and inviting others to be recipients of Christ's love. Now here's this week's message. Now, let me ask this. How many people, um, when you were younger, you had like a childhood dream, something? When you grew up, you wanted to be a fill-in-the-blank. Anyone have a childhood Anyone willing to share what they wanted to be when they grew up? No one? Reba McIntyre. You wanted to be. I don't know if we could. I don't know if we could. She's 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 up there. She's good. Two of her would be like, wow. Could the world handle that? Anyone else? Yeah. A teacher. We could use way more teachers in the world, not just in our nation. Anyone else knew what they wanted to be when they, or, yeah? A veterinarian? Great. Awesome. Awesome. That is cool. And a photographer? I feel like anyone with a camera is now a photographer. Yeah. Wait, wait. A plant? Salesperson, not selling like plants that make like chemicals. You wanted to sell like plants, trees, and all that stuff. Okay. Um, I don't even have a good joke for that. I don't know what to say to that. What'd you What'd you say? What'd you want to be? An astronaut. Yeah. Anyone else want to be an astronaut? I feel like astronaut, cowboy, soldier. All those are good things that that, that be, yeah. Wait, wait, hold on, hold on, let me see. wait, wait, this is, let me make sure I got, so, you wanted to be a plant person so bad that you planted twigs, little tiny trees, and your dad paid people to come buy them? That's awesome, that is so cool. Joe, what were you, what were you? Want to be president. Awesome, awesome, awesome. Let me tell you this. When I was growing up, like, as you guys know, I'm big into, like, superheroes and all that stuff. So I wanted to be, like, a superhero. Uh, specifically, I wanted to be Batman. Because he was awesome and because he protected people. He saved people. He did all that kind of stuff. But, you know, growing up in New York City, uh, I didn't know anyone that was super rich. Actually, I did, because I went to private school and everyone else was rich. I was not. Um, so they all could have been Batman. I could have been Alfred. But the closest thing I could find by the time I was in like middle school and private school to being like Batman, not realistic, because I don't have that kind of money, uh, was being um, superhero in my mind, NYPD, New York City Police Department. Because uh, when I was growing up, they were like world renowned. I mean, they were like, because it was one of the largest cities on the planet and they were responsible for keeping it safe, people all over knew like NYPD, New York City Police Department. Everyone knew about them, knew what they did, all that. They were looked at by everybody. Uh, but then as I got older, I realized, well, yeah, the NYPD, they, they catch criminals, they put them in jail, but who's the one who has to make sure that they stay in jail? The lawyers, right? Because if you don't have a good lawyer, you could prosecute. So then I, I was like, you know what? I guess I need to go to law school. 
And not only do you get to be a superhero, but you get to, you know, if you do it right, get to make a lot of money, which is cool. But then, as you start looking into that, who's the one who has to make sure that the whole trial process goes according to plan and is legal? It's the judge. Yeah. The judge has to oversee that whole process. Nope, that's not legal. Throw it out or whatever. They sit through the whole trial. So what do you think I wanted to be after I heard that? No, Batman. Because he doesn't have to worry about that. He, he doesn't have to worry about the, the law and the, the legal system or anything. He could just go out and granted he, I won't say breaks the law, but bends the law because he's all about justice. Vigilante, yeah. So I, 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 I kind of had to, as I grew older, got out of that phase uh, because it occurred to me that you know real heroes, not just the superheroes, but real heroes, those ones who want to make a difference and they want to change people's lives, it costs them something to do that, right? Like all the firefighters and, and all of the people that you hear about whenever there's a mass shooting that run in and try to help people or try to protect the children or do something, those guys are real heroes. Uh, those guys don't run into fires and burning buildings because they're fireproof. Uh, they run in in spite of the fact that they are not. Uh, and, and the police and the armed forces, all of those guys don't go out and do what they do because they're bulletproof. They go out and do it in spite of the fact that they're not. And it costs them oftentimes, sometimes, um, a lot more to do that. And, and the whole celebration about Christmas, the whole thing about Christmas is that we're celebrating that Jesus Christ, God in the flesh, he kind of gave up everything, right, for us. To me, that's, that's the epitome of, of what a hero is. Because Christmas is about the, the incarnation, God giving up everything to save literally everyone. The incarnation is this big, giant phrase that means, you know, born in the flesh. Summarized version, born in the flesh. God, born in the flesh. No longer sitting back is omnipotent, all-powerful God, but still God, but bearing the vulnerabilities of humanity. Right? That's, that's what it was. And um, I posted these things earlier this week, so I'm going to just use them because they make sense. Uh, and, and the fact that Jesus became man because what was needed to free humanity from sin was the death of a man who was more than a man. Because here's, here's the way the law works. Here's what God had said. He, he, there's this line. Imagine this line right here. He said, everything above it, that's good, that's right, that's okay. Anything below it is illegal. It's wrong. And there's a penalty and a punishment for it. Now, we, because we're human, we have kind of tears. So we look at someone who shoplifts, right, as maybe, you know, you're, you're kind of up here. You're not too bad. You shoplifted. Maybe you needed it. Maybe you, you know, your babies were out of formula, whatever. We get it. But it's illegal. Someone who takes another life intentionally because they're mad or angry, we say that's pretty low. And we have this scale of justice, right? God has this line. Everything above it is good. Everything below it, all the same level of illegality. And that penalty was death. So for God to look at us, because we, we're, we're sinful, we're born, whether we like it or not, we're born into this, this state where we're born on the illegal side of the train tracks. We're born into it. So legally, because he's the judge, God would have to say, okay, Floyd, you, all your family members, you, all your family members, you, all your family members, all of you, you deserve death. But 
Instead, Jesus Christ comes down, and he's born as a man, and he pays the penalty for us. The incarnation, the birth of Jesus Christ, the Son of God born in the flesh, that was a beautiful Christmas miracle and a gift to humanity. It was God's gift to us. Right? You no longer uh, uh, have to worry about that sin because our son Jesus Christ is going to pay it for you. But for Jesus Christ, it was a death sentence. He locked himself into death row for you and me. The moment he was born, just like the moment we're born, we're born with this sin state. The moment he was born, death sentence. The only reason he was born was to end up giving his life and dying for us, to take away our sin. And by his birth, Jesus committed to wipe away the sins of humanity. And a person without sin puts Satan out of business. And Christmas is the celebration of freedom from sin. We're celebrating that, you know what, God, because you were born, I don't have to pay that debt anymore. I can, like, wipe it off. And I was about to make a Star Wars Jedi reference last yet, but some of you might not have seen it yet, so I'm not going to make that reference. But, okay, he basically says, hey, you know what? I can just brush off because I'm not under the penalty of that legal system anymore. It doesn't impact me. I'm not going to die from it. And we would all agree that's worth celebrating, right? If you were suddenly, you know, you were born with, whether it be a disease or whatever the case, and then someone told you that, hey, this person over here, they're going to come and take that disease away, and you get new life. You get to live your life freely. How many of us would celebrate? I would celebrate. If you were in jail on death row, technically where we were, and then the judge says, hey, you know what? Here's what I'm going to do. Here's what I'm going to do. Heather, I'm going to release you from death row. I'm going to send my son to take your place on death row. I imagine Heather's going to be extremely happy, right? And, and, and just as a side note, anytime God does anything, we definitely should celebrate that, but anytime God does anything, it's worth celebrating. I mean, if we could hear, I don't know if God can or not, but if we could hear him burp, I would celebrate that. I heard God burp. Ticker tape parade. Let's all rejoice. I mean, that, that's just me, but especially when God does something for us, definitely worth celebrating. Now, there are people who say, well, you know, Christmas is one of those things you shouldn't celebrate because it's, it's, it's us, it's man coming and choosing to celebrate and we take all these pagan traditions and you know, we bring trees into our house and nowhere in the Bible does God say do that. And so there's, I, 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 my mind can't grasp why Christians debate over that. It's worth celebrating. You get freedom. You get life. God gave us all for you. It's worth celebrating. But I wanted to talk about, um, and this is not necessarily a Christmas verse, but it relates to the Christmas story. How many people are familiar with the book of Esther? I think I talked about this in, like, July, right? Esther is the book of uh, a guy named Mordecai and his cousin, Hadassah. That's her Jewish name, but we know her as Esther. And she literally, I'm summarizing this big time, she literally goes out and she becomes queen of a land where they're enslaved. She's supposed to be, like, in bondage, breaking bricks or whatever they're supposed to do. She ends up being, like, queen, uh, and I don't know, um, who do we, I mean, when I think of queen, I think of, I don't even know her name, what's her name, Queen Elizabeth? It's not the good, oh, you know what? What's the new, about to be queen, Markle, remember? Meghan Markle. 
Like, imagine if all of a sudden she becomes queen. I mean, that would be huge. That's like never when she was growing up playing at being queen did she ever imagine one day I'm going to be in the line to become a queen. But how many people think that if that happened, she would celebrate it? Yeah, it's called the wedding ceremony. They're going to have a big, giant party. Like, several nations will celebrate her getting ready to become queen. And so when Esther steps into the throne, she becomes queen, and then between her and her cousin Mordecai, they actually save their people from death. There was a legal law. We may not like it. We may not agree with it, whatever. But the king at that time, Xerxes, put out a legal mandate. Every single Jewish person is going to die. Why? Because you're Jewish. That's just the law. Like it or love it. I'm the king. I can do what I want. And it wasn't just like everyone in the nation. They had ties all over into different nations. Think of like the Roman Empire, although they're kind of before then. So if you were a Jew living in that nation, you were going to die. If you were a Jew stationed overseas, because that's where your business was, you were going to die. If you just happened to be born somewhere else, but you have Jewish descent, guess what was going to happen to you? You were going to die. Nothing you could do about it. There's no one you could call because there was a law that said, on this day coming up, all of the Jews are going to be wiped out. That's just the way it was. And then this is what happens. At the end of the book of Esther, uh, that gets put away. They are told you no longer are going to die, but if anyone tries to kill you, you can take their life. And that's because of Mordecai and Esther. And then we read this. And then Mordecai recorded these things and sent letters to all the Jews who were in all the provinces of King Ahasuerus, which is Xerxes, both near and far, obliging them to keep the 14th day of the month, Adar, and also the 15th day of the same year by year. So here, here's what happened. Basically, he says this. Hey, since we're no longer going to die, we were on death row. It was a legal mandate. All Jews were going to die. But since we're no longer going to die, we're going to take two days and celebrate that we get to live. That's pretty much what the entire book of Esther is about. It's recording the fact that they were legally supposed to be dead, death row. But then they got to live, and they celebrated it. They even said, as the days on which the Jews got relief from their enemies, they weren't, their enemies weren't going to kill them anymore, and if they tried to, they were allowed. Here's the thing. It was the, the law said that, hey, they're going to die. Anyone who's not Jew, just kill the Jew that lives next to you. That, that was what the law was. Go out and kill them. And if they resist, then more people could join in because they weren't allowed to resist. It was the law. But then they were told, hey, not only are they not going to kill you, but if anyone tries, you get to take their life. And he said, remember this as the days on which the Jews got relief from their enemies and as the month that had been turned for them from sorrow into gladness and from mourning into a holiday, a celebration, because they were going to live that they should make them days of feasting and gladness, days for sending gifts of food to one another and gifts to the poor. What does that sound like to you? Lots of food, lots of gifts, send gifts to the poor, rejoice, gladness, joyful times, a holiday, because we are going to live. And then it says this, verse 26, Therefore they called these days Purim, after the term pur. Therefore, because of all that was written in this letter, of what they had faced in this matter, 
and of what happened to them, look at what they did. The Jews firmly obligated themselves and their offspring and all who joined them that without fail, they would keep these two days according to what was written and at the time appointed every single year. Long story short, they said, hey, guess what? We were on death row. We were supposed to die. Now we get to live. It's worth celebrating, celebrating so much so that, hey, not only are we going to celebrate it, it's going to be a mandate. Our kids are going to celebrate it. Our kids' kids are going to celebrate it. And if you happen to live near me, if you just happen to bump into me during that time, guess what? I'm going to be celebrating this holiday. That's kind of what Christmas is supposed to be about. It's not supposed to be a time of debate. It's not supposed to be a time of should we bring a tree in or whatever. It's supposed to be a time of using everything you have to celebrate the birth of Christ because we were on death row, but his birth gave us all a free reign on life. Now, this next verse is kind of a, a uh, Christmas verse, although we don't think of it that way, but Paul writes to the churches in Galatia, in the book of Galatians, but when the proper time had fully come, God sent his son, born of a woman, born subject to the regulations of the law, to purchase the freedom of, to ransom us, to redeem us, to atone for those who were subject to the law, that we might be adopted and have sonship conferred upon us and be recognized as God's sons. Basically what he's saying is, hey, when the time was right, God arranged for, now this is how God arranged it. This is awesome. Not only did he arrange it that um, Mary, uh, but also her betrothed husband Joseph, both of them were descendants of King David, so no one could argue because the true king of Israel is supposed to be a descendant of King David. He arranged it so that she could be born of a virgin. He arranged it so that um, she could fulfill the prophecy because there was a, a, a leader at the time who mandated that there was supposed to be a census because taxes were due, and they needed the taxes. It wasn't a random thing. They were in such financial hardship that they needed the taxes. So they said, we're going to tax all the people. You've got to go back to where you were born. So therefore, he, you know, they had to travel back to Bethlehem. All these things God orchestrated and put in place so that at the right time, Jesus Christ would be born under the law, subject to the law, to free us from the consequences of the law, which said that we all needed to die. And not only did he free us from it, but he goes on and he says, and because you really are his sons, for everyone who accepts that, believes that, and receives that, God has sent the Holy Spirit of his son into our hearts, crying, Abba, Father. Father. Therefore, you are no longer a slave or a bondservant, but a son. And if a son, then it follows that you are heir by the aid of God through Christ. So it's not that it's just the judge saying, hey, you know what, Heather? You're on death row. I'm going to remove you from death row and put my son in your place. He's saying, Heather, I'm going to remove you from death row, but don't worry about where you have to go because you're now a part of my family. You get to spend eternity with me. And isn't that worth celebrating? I mean, personally, I think that's worth a few gifts, Christmas songs, a tree, in Renee's case, a plant or a twig. <laughs> but it's worth, it's worth bringing some friends together and rejoicing because the birth of Christ has legally set us free 
from the death sentence that we were all born into. It's worth celebrating. And I'm going to share this. It isn't just a celebration of what God did. That's not all we're celebrating that we're free. We're celebrating the one who did it. We're not just like, yay, you know, I've been set free. Well, who set you free? I don't know, but I'm a free man. Yay, I've been set free. Who set you free? The God-man, Jesus Christ, who was born in the flesh so that we could live. So as the band comes up, I'm going to ask you to bow your heads. God, we thank you so much that when you look down at our situation, you could have said that only some shall go free. You could have said that none shall go free, but you sent your son, Jesus Christ, that every single person who has ever lived or walked the face of the earth would have that opportunity to experience the freedom that comes from his birth. And God, we pray that, again, as we said, there are people who are dealing with so much tragedy and hardship and so many things and so many difficulties in their life we pray that they experience the hope and the freedom that comes from the birth of your son, Jesus Christ. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Praise God. I'm going to ask the ushers to come forward, and uh, we're going to pass out the candles and candle holder apparatus apparati stuff now the way this is supposed to work and I know we never do it that way is one candle is supposed to be lit and that light is supposed to light each and every other candle um, and yeah kind of shining a light on the world I already have wax on my finger Now, I'll tell you a quick story while we're doing this. The very first year we did this year, I think we had paper. The very first year we had paper little guards. Anyone remember those little paper guards that we had? Yeah. And, and just so you know, the, the paper guards had like cuts in them so that the big candles could go all the way through. And uh, I think we switched to these because we quickly realized that hot wax just goes right through that paper onto the hand. And I don't remember if I actually dropped one or not, but the thought really jumped into my head. <laughs> God, we just give you all praise and all glory. Because your birth provides the one thing that all of us want, but none of us are able to obtain through our own strength. It provides freedom. It provides an eternal destiny with you, which means it provides your never-ending love. Again, God, we pray for all those people who during this time of the year are looking at life without hope, 
we pray that they would look to you and see the hope brought by your birth. We pray for those people who are going through hardships and relationship trials and financial difficulties and medical difficulties. We pray that they, those people, are able to look at and see and acknowledge the extreme sacrifice you made, giving up everything to being born as a man so that we could gain everything. We pray this in the name of your son, Jesus Christ. And everyone said, Amen. Again, God bless. Pray that everyone has a very, 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 very Merry Christmas. And if we don't see you again, and an awesome new year. God bless and Merry Christmas.